Hey everybody, this is Lucky Licious, and you're listening to Eat My Pagan Ass, a pagan podcast. That sounded really radio voicey. Anyway, um, it's a weird podcast right now because I'm by myself, and so this will only be the second Eat My Pagan Ass podcast where I go it's solo, and I'm not here with Miss Carmen Kickass. And the reason for that is this time, though, I got her permission. Last time I just did it without asking her. She fucking laid into me for weeks, weeks. How could you? How could you do a podcast without common kick-ass? You know, it was that sort of thing. But uh, this time I wisely learned my lesson and asked her kindly for permission and gave her offerings of many Mexican sacrifices um, to rejuvenate her. And she acquiesced and gave me permission to do this podcast by myself. So... Don't go emailing her like you did last time, bitches. I know who you are. You know who you are. And I've got my black candle lit right here with your name on it. Okay. Uh, But anyone else, you don't need to tell her. She knows you're not going to get lucky in trouble this time. Okay. So there. Um, So why am I doing this podcast by myself? First, let me say that we do have another episode all ready to go. Well, it's not ready to go, but it's been recorded uh, where Carmen and I talk about Yule, which is the next big pagan holiday coming up. And I will do my very worldly best to get to that podcast before Yule. So we all have something really fun to listen to while we're being driven insane by that fucking Christmas music. doesn't stop wherever we go i will not go into a store around this time of year i or if i do i can last maybe about three minutes unless i've got my you know ipod on and i'm listening to eat my pagan ass or some other really cool pagan podcast like inciting a riot or mojo and sparrow come on what the wiggling way so um this is not going to be a fun podcast i mean i'm going to try my best to make it fun But um, this is going to be a little bit of a downer. Um, So I'm doing this as a tribute for somebody who died. It was a really awesome friend of mine. And um, I just really wanted to do this in her honor, in her memory. Um, And I think I've been really hesitant to start because I feel like anything that I do really won't honor her as awesomely as she deserves to be honored. I feel like I would need to lock myself in a cave and, I don't know, I was going to say smoke lots of opium, but I don't do any drugs, but whatever the equivalent, drive myself into a whirling dervish, you know, frenzy of creative magic and, you know, spit out the most awesome podcast slash satellite broadcast, multimedia, 3D, time traveling, rock and roll, musical podcast movie I don't know, (laughs) ever created slash rock video. And then maybe I could possibly do homage to my friend. But failing that, I'm going to do just the best that I can Um, because it is a way to honor her. And I also wanted, 
I, I kept looking at the calendar going, okay, okay. And tonight I looked up at the moon and saw it was the quarter moon where it's half black and half white. And that was the same moon in the sky a month ago when we held her memorial service. So I thought it would be timely on this night to do my homage as, um, ill-prepared as I really am and really who is ever prepared to deal with the death of a, of a loved one. Um, I, I know I wasn't. And so what I've decided to do, um, to honor her is to share with all of you, um, some of her spirit. And, uh, so let me just get on with it. And if, if listening to somebody talk about, somebody who recently died away is going to get you down. I I promise you that it's not going to be all a downer because this woman was so fabulous and had such a lust for life that you will be infected with that just by listening to this and you will be touched by her amazing spirit and power. She was a beautiful goddess on this earth and I loved her deeply and many people loved her deeply, especially her husband and her little baby girl and her mother and me. That was her biggest fan. But there's a lot of people who would fight for that honor. I think a lot of us all deserve it because we, we all loved her. So her name was Allison Peterson Bailey. And I knew her first as Glitter Pussy. And uh, she was... One of the first pagans I met at a pagan festival. And she completely embodied anything I'd ever imagined a pagan at a pagan festival would be. Hi, we're doing a sing-along. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're, Come we're on, Sue. Along. Get over here. We were just How are you? Oh, it was a whole thing. We miss you, though. Bring your company back if you can. Oh, it's like a special um, this was probably seven or eight years ago, and it was the Starwood Festival in Brushwood, New York, which is no longer at Brushwood. It's now hosted at Wisteria in Southern Ohio. But for much of its existence, it, it's been held at the Brushwood Folklore Center in Sherman, New York. And I traveled out there with uh, my coven, and it was my first time at a pagan festival. And almost the very first, I met her the very first day. Um, she was a friend of a friend of someone in the coven, and um, our eyes met, and I just thought, wow, okay, cornrows, blue eyes, hippie dress, you know, smoking cigarettes, crouched on a lawn chair underneath a makeshift canopy uh, in, the, in the forest. Sure, why not, you know? And um, I admit at the time I was more interested in the then appearing to me beautiful man who now no longer appears that way to me. But um, I do remember the, the first impression and being struck by this, you know, very kind of seductive, sexy man who was also with her. And uh, so I, you know, did my classic luckiness and was was gracious to her, but quickly focused on that man and wound up, you know, well, <laughs> those of you who, who know me can pretty much imagine what happened um, later. 
with him. But um, I saw Glitter again that night. At the Starwood Festival, there's this, what's called a roundhouse, and it's this giant structure made out of wood, uh, trees, 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 I guess, um, that have been, you know, wound down and positioned in a way to look like, almost like a giant teepee, but without the tarp, although parts of it are tarped over. But mostly it's there to house the big bonfire, and there's this enclosed section where all the drummers sit. And every night at the Starwood Festival and, and, and the festivals that surround it, um, drummers from all over the, the, the country come and gather there and begin to beat their, their tribal pagan rhythm. And it pretty much goes from dusk to dawn, and then some. And all the while, there's this roaring bonfire at the center, burning, burning, and it's tended by you know professional firekeepers. Really, they, they got to earn their suspenders, so to speak, or, or literally, to tend that fire. And um, all around this fire are dancers. And around them are people who just gather to be near the dancers and hear the drumming and, and just be part of that, that wonderful aspect of the Starwood experience. And beyond them is the, the shadow and the, and the cold and the moist grass and the, the little hiding places and the logs and things. And just, oh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. And um, that's where I saw her again. It was my first night ever at a pagan festival at the bonfire. And I had built up in my mind that I was going to dance naked around a bonfire. I, I just was determined for you know much of my adult life to do this. And although I had never seen it done or never been in a place where that was done, I knew that's what I had to do. And uh, that's what I did. And uh, not too long after that, there was glitter almost opposite me, uh, dancing around and around. We call these dancing O's, O's, doing O's around the bonfire to the drums, to the drums. And just your feet are bare and they're pounding into the, the dirt, um, the, the earth beneath you. That's just, you know, infused with the energy of, of year after year after year of dancers and magic makers and music and just wonderful, wonderful energy is there and just, it, it, it courses immediately right up through your feet and just heals you. It heals me. That's why I, I go. It's just therapeutic completely. I, I, in the dancing of the O's, I work out every pain in my body. I, I must gain 10 years of youth. In fact, at, um, at my friend Allison's um, memorial service, there was a drummer from Starwood who was there. 
And uh, the guy is like in his 50s, late 50s, mid 50s, but he looks like he's in his 30s. And we looked at one another and kind of tried to guess one another's age. And there's this theory out there that Starwood goers age pretty slowly compared to, you know, the non-Starwood goers. There's a magic there that keeps our hearts alive and keeps our bodies whole and our spirits happy. And that keeps us looking young. Anyway, that's the going theory. And, you know, I subscribe to it because, you know, there are old timers at Starwood. Don't get me wrong, but they're probably like three or 400 years old. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Anyway, so it was my very first night and I was just full of so much excitement, just a boy gone wild, I mean, just pagan boy gone wild. All that was needed were a bunch of other cavorting gay men, which unfortunately is not the predominant element uh, at Starwood. Although there are some, uh, there's a good community actually of, of gay, lesbian, transgender, queer, and, you know, anyone who's non I don't, I don't know. I don't. I hate to box anybody in, even by exclusion. But anyone who who doesn't subs, you know, doesn't consider him or her or it or themselves, you know, within the general normally accepted paradigm of male female heterosexuality and bipolarity. If you know, you catch my drift. Not to say anything, you know, negative. That's just, that's all I'm just saying. So there's a good community for that there, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. But it's not the predominant element, so I, I didn't go as wild as I might have. Um, and that's probably a good thing, looking back, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a little wiser now, uh, but back then, I was pretty out of control. And um, it, it turned into, it didn't, it wasn't sex, because there just wasn't any to be had really for me there, except for that, you know, one sexy man that I told you about earlier. And at this point, you're probably wondering, I thought this was a memorial to dead girl. (laughs) And this is, (laughs) trust me, if you knew her, she would be like, go girl, tell a story. Because this is all important. This is all part of her. And this is part of my story with her. And maybe this won't be the only podcast where I talk about her. In fact, I hope it's not because that kind of takes off some of the pressure. Speaking of pressure, the other pressure thing was I really wanted to get this out during the, you know, the Samhain tide because she died on November 5th and that is Samhain, baby. I mean, that is smack in the middle of it. And um, so, yeah, it's been a real Samhain for me this year, this year. So it's good to like, let me talk about some of the really fun stuff when I first met her. Because I like going back there. I like going back to that magic place called Starwood. So there I was, dancing around. Yeah, I didn't know where my coven was. Oh, there was one. I think there was one other friend of mine um, by the name of Rose who was dancing with me. And she and I were just having a grand time. And then I heard this raucous laughter, like this... (laughs) Can't even do justice to this, but... Um, as I would later come to learn, this laugh is practically a trademark of Allison's. It is the sound of beauty and life embodied and let out through a laughing, joyous heart, pumping full of life. And 
a healthy dash of mischief. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that laugh. And when you hear a laugh like that, if you have ears to hear, you, uh, you can't possibly ignore it. And my eyes fell on her, and she nodded to me in this way with her head and her eyes. That was this look of knowing. And it was a moment when our souls remembered one another from some other time or perhaps from a future that wasn't yet. Time is a spiral, so, you know, things that haven't happened still have an impact on us today. And so maybe that's what we felt. Whatever the origin, there was an instant bond. And the laugh that came out of her started coming out of me from deep, deep in my belly. It was this laugh, like the kind of laugh that two eternal beings outside of space and time who see the humor in this existence of ours, this temporary fleeting ephemeral existence, and know that through love that it's all good. It's just all good, no matter what we face, no matter what troubles we, we feel burdened by. It's all good. From that eternal place that is my home and her home and your home, we all come from the same place, all of existence. It's, it's that, that place, that higher plane, I suppose you could call it, that's, that's where the laugh comes from. Looking down, it was almost like looking down on the two of us dancing around this bonfire, these two incarnate mortals, and just laughing like the crow song on the wind. It was unadulterated bliss. And we laughed and we laughed and we laughed, and we didn't even say anything to one another. It was just a look and a laugh. A look and a laugh, a look and, and it just went like that for a long time, many O's. And it's one of those fateful encounters, to be sure, where my life would never be the same again, and neither would hers, and neither would anyone else around us. Eventually, we got a little closer dancing around the circle, uh, close enough to begin talking. And I don't remember what our first conversation was about. But I'm sure it, it included a lot of, you know, you bitch, ha 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 ha. And, you know, oh, she probably figured out I was gay. That's probably what she was laughing about. <laughs> Doesn't matter, I'm gay, but I tell you what, part of me wanted, you know, to make love to that woman. For a long time. We talked about it, too. But... It was never going to happen, thank God. So we danced. I can't tell you what a special woman she was. I hope you can, you can, you can hear it in my voice. She was 33 years old when she died. She had a baby that I think was, I think the baby was only six months old. 
She'd only been married for a little over a year. She had just gotten over surgery from surgery to correct a degenerative spinal disorder that was causing her a tremendous amount of pain. Tremendous amount of pain. She had an indomitable spirit and a tenacious will. But most of all, she had a huge heart and she was very magical. She was my Samantha. She was actually more like Serena. <laughs> she was. She was more like Serena. She's like Samantha's evil cousin. Uh, <laughs> or good common, a healthy combination of both, you know? The moon is half black and half white, and so are we. And so is she. She was only, only just beginning a new, new phase in her life, and that's what's extremely tragic about her death. Which, by the way, was the result of a pulmonary embolism um, caused by blood clot that probably resulted from her extensive bed rest following surgery. And she died in her sleep and was found the following morning by her husband. And that was November 5th, 2010. That Friday, the 5th, I got the news. It was, um, I was in a staff meeting at work and my phone just started going crazy. And first it was um, a number I didn't recognize. And then it was her phone. And then it was uh, a phone, phone of another friend of ours in New Jersey. And I, after the meeting, I, I, I listened to the messages and I called her husband and they, they didn't, no one said in the, in the message what, what was happening, but you know, you always know. And, uh, her husband told me what had happened and, you know, Hey, how does anyone take something like that? She's the, the first death that I've had. I have to, I have to admit, and you know, knock on wood, I'm pretty naive when it comes to loss of loved ones from to death you know i've i've lost friends or boyfriends from you know just being stupid or whatever so i've and i've had my heart broken and i felt all all those types of loss but to lose someone that you love so deeply and consider your closest kin that's that's a different kind of loss and it's one that i'm going to be dealing with for a long time But I think all throughout this, the people that I'm thinking most about are her husband and the baby and her mother and, you know, others who were, who were close to her. But that's, that's how that goes. Um, it was pretty awful news. I just think what's interesting about it and interesting in a not very cool way is, uh, the last Eat My Pagan Ass episode, the Samhain episode, uh, we were talking about death and loss and, you know, doing the underworld journey. And I made some kind of remark about, you know, there are people who don't understand this. And I've understood it vicariously through others who have lost others. I've never been directly touched by it until now. 
with one exception. I had an aunt who passed away probably 15, 16 years ago. I don't remember how long ago now. And that was, that was tough. Um, but that was, you know, that was my aunt. This was, this was uh, my soulmate, my fellow troublemaker, my fellow magic maker, my shit kicker, a partner in crime. So it's different. Like maybe when I'm 15, I kind of got how it made me feel. Like I, I really cried when my aunt died, like at her funeral. It was like intense. Now at 36, it's not just, you know, the loss that I feel. I feel a lot of other people's loss too. And see farther into the future now than I did then. And on the flip side though, I have a much stronger spiritual understanding today and so I think that's mitigated a lot of the sense of loss that I felt because when you're well I won't speak for all pagans because I know we all have different views on death and existence Um, when you're me you just know that nothing is lost I could drop dead tomorrow goddess forbid but I would still have always been and will always be. It's just the way it is. I think a lot of you know what we all are, where we all come from. We maybe don't know what the hell we're supposed to be doing while we're here, but deep down inside, we're all one. We're one with each other. We're one with the furniture we sit on. (laughs) We're one with our animals. We're one with this planet. We're one with the totality of all existence. And death does not change that. So, while I have these moments of missing her, her, her form, her laughter, her, the the things that were her, her spirit, I also, I also know that she's inside of me and she's all around me. It's not the same, but it's her. I think it's a little easier for me to accept that because as close as we were, she was not in my life on a daily basis. She lived, you know, in Ohio. She she had her own life. I was part of it from time to time, but so I know that this is a lot harder for those who were with her a lot longer than I was and more frequently. So I just pray that everyone comes to terms with this in a way that's healthy for them. And I hope that at the very least they believe and know as I do that nothing is lost. All of us were extremely blessed to know her and have her in our life. I was transformed by her in many ways, many ways. I transformed her in many ways. She changes everything she touches, and everything she touches changes. Allison and I changed one another. Allison changed a lot of people. She was very direct about it. (laughs) She was an Aries, very fiery. Aries motto is, I am. She was, for sure. She lived that motto, I am. 
and she made sure that everybody knew it and we're all the better for it. Speaking for her at this opportunity, I would say that she would want everyone to know wherever you are that you're loved and that you're worthy of love and that any shame, any self-loathing, any fear that you have or that's been put into you by others, it's all nothing. Beneath all of that is your beautiful self, flawless, divine, radiant. This is what she saw in everyone. She saw magic in people and she called it out with her song, with her voice, with her refusal to give up ever. It's not fluffy bunny shit. It's true. Just not remember. How can you remember? Some people can, but it's difficult. The, The I am of your existence is unapologetic. It's, it is self-serving. We're born with that impulse because we need it. We need it. It's where our fire comes from. It's where our passion and desire and it's it's what feeds it all. And I think a lot of us walk around feeling like we're just shadows. We're half in the world, half out of the world, like neither here nor there or that we're inconsequential or that we don't matter. The the fucking truth is we all matter. All of us, every single one of us matters. And our life here matters. We can't just walk out. It's unacceptable. It's like, feel the pain, get through it. Don't give up. Don't give in. Embrace your I am. Be who you are. Maybe you're afraid to be who you are. That was something else she always preached. You know, just be you. Be. There's nothing wrong with it. We're all loved. Let go of the fear. Let go of the shame. Let go of those doubts. Turn off the tapes in your head, the negative voices, the thoughts. Banish them. Silly negative voices. You have no power here. (laughs) That sort of thing. It's hard. And that's why, you know, people make fun of all this cheesy, you know, go talk to yourself in the mirror and tell yourself how good you are today. Crap. But it ain't crap. You're planting real seeds there. You got to say it. You got to mean it. You got to see it for it to work. Look at yourself and really learn to love yourself. You're worthy of it. So that's something Allison, you know, that was the gospel according to Allison. And I could eat it up. She could just never stop singing about it or talking about it. And it always just made me feel better. She made me feel better. You know, Lucky has his problems too. Lucky has his fears and doubts and self-loathing and, you know, shame and all of it. I'm human too. I'm not just a mystical boogity-boo voice coming into your ears from the podosphere. I'm a real person. I'm alive. I am. And I love the fact that you're listening to this right now. It matters to me. It matters to Carmen. And I'm grateful that you get to hear about Allison, a.k.a. Little Pussy. And now you've been touched by her too and changed. 
How you like me now? She's saying from the grave. <laughs> Shazam! I could still work my mojo, bitches. Laughing up a storm. She is. I love her very much and always will. an email eatmybaconass at gmail.com and stay tuned for the yule episode which will be coming soon i wish you all a very very blessed yule and um encourage you all this yuletide season to love one another love yourself forgive somebody who did you wrong somebody done me wrong forgive them right now it's just not worth it and uh just be yourself because you're fabulous and magical. Bye, huckers. Don't be so hard on yourself. Those tears are for someone else. I hear your voice on the phone. I Friends I had before 
And I wonder why The ones who care don't call anymore My feelings hurt But you know I overcome the pain And I'm stronger now There can't be a fire unless it's a flame Don't cry Not alone Don't cry Tonight Now the wolf in my bed In my head In my head In my head The challenge is We took hard enough They get hard enough When we think that we've had enough Don't feel alone Cause it's all you understand I'm your sedative Take a piece of me whenever you can Don't cry Don't be sorry Don't cry tonight 